We're going to be learning and This is going to be a Rashi Sicha, one Rashi from Parshas Vayakel, and a second Rashi from Parshas Bukude. So in Parshas Vayakel, the Torah tells us, tells us about the donations that the woman made, and also the work that the woman did for the Mishkan. It says, says that the wise woman, they spun with their hands, and they brought what they spun, the trelis, the argmat, and the shesh. Pasuk Havav continues. It says, every woman that heart inspired them with wisdom, they spun the izin. The shaila is, why is the Pasuk being mechalic between these two types of materials? It tells us in Pasuk Chafei about the different types of Tzamar. And then in Pasuk Chavav, it differentiates and says it again, it says a second Pasuk, how they weave the Izim. What's the purpose of that? And the truth is, if you look at all the other times that the Torah commands about uh, making these materials, it always mentions these, the, the, the Izim and mentions the Tzamar together. This is the only time that the Torah separates that when it says that the woman spun these different cloths, it tells us this in two different Sukkim. Why is that? Why over here does it separate between these two types of materials? And even more than that, it seems like there's also a yitu, there's, there's, there's a yitu bakra. The first Pasuk already tells us that So what's the purpose of Chafav repeating that again? If you want to even say it in the second Pasuk, but why do you have to repeat this idea that it was the woman that were wise? Why? It seems, it seems extra. And third of all, what actually is the difference between the Lashon that uses in Pasuk Chavvah? It says, While in Pasuk Chavvah it says, That their heart inspired them with wisdom. What is the difference between these expressions? So the Pshat is that the way how they weaved the, the, the wool was very different than how they spun, sorry, how they spun the, the goat's hair. The way how they spun the goat's hair was that while the hair was still, or the noitza more specifically, was on the uh, goat, they spun it while it was still on it. And that took a, a much greater level of wisdom. And because of that greater level of wisdom that was needed, it tells us, that tells it to us in, in a separate pasuk. And that's why it also uses this expression, when it first of all repeats it, and it tells us another expression, Shannasan inspired their hearts. It's trying to tell us that the Chachma of the second Pasuk about the Izim is a much greater wisdom than what was required to spin the, the wool that was needed for the other materials. What's the Maila? Why Taka did they spin it from the goat itself? What's, what's, what's the quality in that? So the explanation is, is because just like when you're able to give a carbon, you're able to give different types of carbons. You can give a tzameach, you're able to give the carbon uh, mincha, which is made out of, which is flour and oil and, and wine, different things like that. And you're also able to give carbonus, which are for animals. And we know that there's a greater maila in the carbonus, which are from a chai. Like some examples that we know that we have a carbon oil of which is a carbon that if you're very rich, you're supposed to bring sheep. If you're poor, you're supposed to bring birds. And if you're extremely poor, then you bring flour. So we see that the greater 
the carbon is the the chai is considered a more of a quality type of carbon than what the tzemeach is. So just like that is by the carbon. So hoedin, of course, would be the same thing by the nadavis. By donating something which is high is a greater type of a nadava than something which is a tzemeach. So these women who are wise, since they were wise, therefore they understood the quality that instead of just giving the goat's hair, they gave the goat's hair while it was still on the goat itself. Because then it would have the maila of being a chai, that they're donating a tzemech shubachai, that the tzemech, even though what they're donating is just the hair, but they're donating it while it's on the goat. That means it has a quality of a tzemech shubachai, that it's not just a regular tzemech, which has no connection to its life force, but rather it's a tzemech, which is still connected to the chai. And, and as the Rebbe points out, and we'll discuss this more later, that in the Meforshim, there's two ways of explaining how exactly did the woman give over this tviya. According to one explanation, which was the one I mentioned, is that they literally gave the goat with the tviya, with the spun yarn, which was on it. But according to others, what it means is that they spun it while it was on the animal, but by but because of the process of spinning, that would cause it to become detached. That the spinning on the on the goat, it would cause the uh, it would automatically cause it to be ripped out of the the goat's back. So therefore, when Papel, the woman were giving it, they actually weren't giving the goat they, the, the hair while still attached to the goat. Rather, it was just the yarn on its own. But nonetheless, there's still a mile because they gave it right. It was fresh. They gave it right after it was separated from the goat. So therefore, it still has somewhat of the mile of being connected to the tzemech. So it's not old goat's hair, but it's something which was just now, right before they donated it, it was something that they removed from the uh, goat, uh, as we said, because they spun it while it was on the goat. So while they're spinning it, that caused to be ripped off. So that was the freshest and uh, the greatest um, the greatest type of yarn that they were able to give. So that would have been the chachma of these women that they realized and they're able to recognize this skill and, and this quality of this type of yarn. And of course, also the chachma was that they knew how to do it course, that they knew how to do, accomplish such a thing. And this explains why they only did it by the goats here, but they didn't do by the tzemer. Meaning is, if it's such a quality that it should be a tzemer shavachai, so why don't they do the same thing by the uh, tzemer? So the pshat is, it's because by the tzemer, that wasn't shaykh. Because by the tzemer, first of all, they had to dye it. So you can't dye the tzemer while it's on the back of the animal. So you anyways had to cut it off. So once you're cutting it off, um, there would be no real difference between if they spun it while it's on the back and then they dyed it, or if they just would have cut it off and then dyed it. Because since they anyways had to dye it before they're going to be giving it to the Mishkan, it wouldn't have been a qualitative difference. Therefore, there was no point in uh, uh, weaving it while it's still on the back of the sheaf. In addition, it, it's as Rashi explains, that the, the way how they wove these by, by, by these other materials, is that they actually wove them all four minim together. That for the different things that they made, like the parechas, what they actually did is they took the yarn, was actually a, the strings would have, would have been a mixture of all four materials. So they wouldn't have been able to spin it while it's on the back of the tzemer, because really what they needed to do is they need to have all the different colors also spun into one string. So one of their strings that they used for the parechas is actually a combination of four other strings, plus actually even a string of gold, and, and it was six, it was actually six of each one. So they had six of Pishtun, six of Tchela, uh, six of Agaman, six of Tulashani, plus four um, 
strips of, of thin gold which was mixed in it. Therefore, they wouldn't have been able to do it while it was on the back of the tzar. So they didn't have that option. Masha'inkin by the Izan, they did have that option, and therefore they did it in that way. So all of this, this explanation of what the purpose of these supsukim is and the maila of the Izan, and just to summarize, the maila of the Izan is that the woman with their great chachma recognized the maila to give a nadava of a tzemer, uh, or tzemach shabachai, and they also had the chachma to know how to do that particular skill of weaving it. All of this is understood from the psukim itself. You don't need Rashi to tell us that because from the psukim itself, that there's two psukim and it's being mechalic between them and the different lashonis that the psukim are, are, are using, it's clear that this is pshat. But then Rashi is coming to be moisif on what we would have known from the psukim itself. So Rashi tells us, this is Pasuk, Chabav uh, Divermaschal, Tavu Esa'izim. So the Rashi tells us, This was a special craftsmanship or a special art. That from the backs or from on top of the izim, they spun the yarn. So the question on Rashi is, what's Rashi trying to tell us? And more, more, more befrat, what exactly are the questions? First of all, why does Rashi use the expression, he says, he hoist umnesisera, and what was this umnesisera? First you have to tell us what the type of the Pasuk is, and then you tell us it's umnesisera. What Rashi should have told us is, tobus izim, what does it mean they spun the, 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 the goats? What it means is that they spun the hair while it was still on the goats. And then he tells us, and who he and this is a great skill that these women have. But Rashi starts off, it says Tavus Izim, and he says he umnesisera. But we don't know what it means yet. Tavus Izim, and he tells us he umnesisera. He he hasn't told us what it means. So first tell us what it means, and then tell us it's umnesisera. But according to what we've explained, this answer we understand that the reason is from the psukim itself we already know that what we're talking about over here is that they spun the hair from the on top of the goats themselves. What Rashi's trying to add, he's trying to say that this, that the Pasuk is talking about, which you're able to understand from, your, from yourself, that this, this was the process, that was the Umnisisera. That was something special. So our question is, what was, why was it Umnisisera? What was the Umnisisera that uh, Rashi's referring to over here? And second of all, the Lashon of the Gemara is actually that it was a Chachma Yisera. It doesn't use the expression Umnisisera. The Gemara, which is Pasha's the source of Rashi, it comes from the Gemara in Shabbos, that Ein Dalad on the base, and the Gemara over there has Machlaikis, uh, that if someone is, 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 um, spins, brushes, and is goises, and, and, and shears the, the yarn on Shabbos, is this individual Chayev from on top of a live behemoth on Shabbos, is this person Chayev? So one opinion says, yes, he's Chayev. Baharaya was actually done in the Mishkan. You know, in the Mishkan, they were Tevem al So that's clearly a regular way of being Tevreya, so just like that's how they did it by the Mishkan, it would be, of course, Asura and Shabbos and Yibichai. The second opinion of Kahana says, no, ain't there Nipputz Bekach, ain't there Tviya Bekach, ain't there Goyzes Bekach, this is not the regular way how it's supposed to be done that while it's on the back of the animal. I, by the Mishnah, we know that they're Tevreya, they did it while it was on the back of the animal. He says, that was a Chachma Yaser Shine. He says, that was a Chachma Yaser. And the Pashtus, according to Rashi and Iri, how they, the Mephorshim learning, Chachmi Yaser Shani, the Gemara is trying to say is that these women had a great wisdom and they were able to do such a feat. But for the regular person, that's not how it's done. 
and therefore it would be considered a shinu, it's considered a non-regular way of doing, uh, of doing these malachas. And we know that if something which is done with the shinui, you're not going to be high for on Shabbos, and therefore you'd be pater, and halach lamaisa we pass in the life of Kahana, and you actually would be pater. But the point is that we see from this Gemara that when it, it uses the expression chachma yasera, it says this that the woman spun the yarn while it was on the back of the goat, that was considered a chachma yasera. So why, why is Rashi changing the lashon saying it's only yasera? And, and, and even more than that, the lashon of the pasuk is chachma. The Pasuk itself is using the expression of Chachma. So why is Rashi changing it to Umnis? So this is basically our two questions that we're having. That Rashi is kind of saying, he, And that's he, this is Umnis Sisera. That seems to be his Chiddush, that it's an Umnis Sisera, that whatever we're talking about. So what is this Umnis Sisera? What's Rashi coming to be Maiseth? And Befrat, that we know that the Gemara actually uses the Lashon Chachma, not the Lashon of Umnis. So the explanation is that there's a big difference between Chachma and Umnis. Chachma means wisdom, while Umnis means a craft, which is a practical type of wisdom. It's a wisdom that um, you, you, it's a, a wisdom that you're using to actually make an art or, or make some type of product. It's a profession. So with the, if what well, if Rashi would have used the expression Chachma Yasera, then you could have understood the Pasuk Azai, that this, that this, two things, that this, that the woman had the foresight to give the, the yarn while it was still attached to the back of the goat, that was a Chachma Yasera because it was a, they were giving a Tzamer Shebachai, they were giving a higher quality type of Nadav because they were giving something which came from a Chai, it's still even attached to the Chai, according to that one opinion. Or, or just detached, just recently detached from the chai. But it had, so what was their chachmi yasera? The chachmi yasera is that they realized the quality, and plus what was their chachmi yasera is that they knew how to actually accomplish that feat. But, not, but, but it would come up that there actually isn't any practical maila in the yarn itself. The only maila is that mitzad, the Torah, it's, it's a greater type of gift because it comes with the chai, there's a spiritual quality to it. Um, but there's no practical, physical advantage if it was done while it's still attached to the goat or if it was spun after it's detached from the goat. That's what would come out from the way we would be learning the Pesukim Batashtas, that that was just an Inyan of Chachma. So therefore Rashi is to tell us, no, 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 it's not just an Inyan of Chachma that they were able to figure this out and they knew how to do it and they saw the Midas which was in it. No, it was more than that. It was Umnis Yisera, that there was, it was, this was a higher quality craftsmanship this was a greater skill that they had, meaning is that there's, th- th- this is a chokma which is relevant to something which is practical, that this was a better, higher quality uh, product. So that's what Rashi is trying to tell us, that it wasn't just that they had a greater chokma that they knew how to do it, or they knew the qual- advantage of doing it this way, but rather for them it was a of umnis yesera, that it was a chokma which translates itself into an umnis, into a practical type of wisdom, which they were able to utilize to make a higher quality product. And the reason why it's a high, higher quality product is because the because when a the, the the fleece and the yarn is fresh, it's moist, which therefore makes it softer. And when it's softer, it's much easier to spin. So when you have goat's hair, which is uh, much uh, which is which is harder, the fortune say it's a much harder type of yarn than that comes from from sheep. 
So when it's moist, it makes it somewhat easier to be able to spin. And therefore, that was one advantage. A second advantage, the, the Saporno tells us, is that when it's fresh, it also has a shine to it. So the, the greater the freshness, the greater the shine you would have within the goat's hair. And that would be a second advantage that this hair would have. So that's explained, answers the question when Rashi, what's Rashi adding by he um the that he wants to tell the Bain Hamish Lamikra that this that you're understanding from the Psukim, that it was the of Chachma, you're right, you're correct, but it's a greater level of Chachma. It's not just what you're thinking. It's actually also an Inyan of Um Nasisera. There's 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 an actual difference in the physical uh, makeup of this particular product. And that's why he also changes from the Lashon of the Pasik, Lashon of, of, of the Gemara, and uses Dak of the Lashon of of, of Ugnus. And uh, the Rebbe points out another diak in R35, he says another advantage of using this Lashon of Ugnus Cicera is that it clarifies what the type of the Pasik is. Because you could touch the Pasik in a, in a, translate the Pasik in a second way. The Pasik could be translated as that the woman, that their heart inspired them, uh, inspired them to give the, to, to, be, to be gracious and to donate materials to the base of Mikdash. With wisdom, they spun uh, the goats. Meaning is that the Nesias Liban wasn't that they had a that nasal liban bechachma that they had a, a nasal liban that there was a greater wisdom in the product they were making. No, the nasal liban bechachma. Maybe it's actually that's how you're supposed to read it. Asher nasal liban oisana bechachma. What was the nasal liban oisana bechachma? That was that they were wise and they knew to be generous and to give to the base of Migdash. And what did they give to the base of Migdash? They gave talvus isin. They gave this product of yarn that was weaved uh, and um, spun directly from the isin. So you could translate Nasa Liban as we see other times in the Torah in parts of Yaakov Kudai, Nasa Liban and Ardivas Lev, it means an expression of being generous. So Nasa Liban can mean that they were, their heart raised them up to be generous. And because of that generosity, they used their Chachma uh, either to give this particular product or to make this product. But the Nasa Liban doesn't go on the actual word Chachma, that there was a Nasiyas Lev, that there was an inspiration of wisdom. Therefore, Rashi tells us, no. The Nasa Libam is going on Chachma, that they, they, were, they were inspired with wisdom, that there was an inspiration, that the wisdom, uh, and it made a practical difference, that they, became, they were wise, that they were able to create a higher quality type of product. So that's the second uh, advantage that you have that saying, that, that it was, it was a umnus, that it should be very clear that when the Pasuk says a Chachma, it wasn't the Chachma just to have in the Divas Lab, but it actually was a chachma which had practical ramifications at Nasa Liban to actually make a better product. So that's the first part of the Sikha. And before we go right there, I just had made two hours to make. Um, so the first shaila is, what exactly is the hechach of Rashi to tell us that it means an umnus, umnus sisera. He always said umnus sisera. L'chaira, we're saying that the, the, the Ben Chamesh Lamikra, when he reads the Psuk, he already understands that there's a difference between the the the, the Tviyas of the Izim and the Tviyah of Samar. And one of the Milas is, is that the that you're you're donating a chai. So once 
a child already understands this chiluk, so he understands why there's two psukim, he understands why there's different expressions used in the psukim, so it seems like the psukim are clear. There's no shaila in the pasuk. So what's causing Rashi to say that it's an umnis yasera? What's the question in the pasuk? The question is that the pasuk is being repeated. It's, 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 it's first of all, it's splitting between izim and tzemer, and it's using extra words. It's, it's saying again about this in, you know, chachma. So, but that we have answers for that. The answer is because there was an added level of chachma that the woman knew to do such a, uh, uh, first of all, to be able to create such a product, and they had the chachma to know that there was an advantage of giving this type of product. So what's being machriach rashi to say that it was an um nesisera? That's one question. The Rebbe doesn't address it. So I thought maybe of two answers. One, maybe very balabat, the simple answer is that Rashi is telling us the pshat and the psukim. So he's telling us that it's bepoyal, this is something which is practical, that it's not that practically speaking, there is an advantage in the, uh, in the, in the yarn that comes from the goat while it's still on the back. So the child might not know of such an advantage. So the child just thinking from what his knowledge is, that he understands giving a behemoth is better than giving a tzemeh. So Rashi is telling you that that's incorrect, that's correct, but there's actually an additional advantage, that there's actually a myla in the product itself. So it could just be letting the child know that doesn't have this information, that the chachmah was greater than he thinks, that the chachmah was also in make, the making of the product. That's one explanation. A, a second explanation is based on what the Rebbe is going to say later in Ara. 41. The Rebbe says later in R41 um, that he says, uh, on what Rashi is telling us. So we learned a few years ago, Project Lukutsi Sechis, that a machloik is between Rashi and Ibn Ezra regarding the idea of this idea of that you're supposed to give the best of your products, the best of your belongings to, to, to Hashem to do mitzvahs. And we had a shaila. Does that also mean in the preparation of the mitzvah? So, or does it mean just in the final product? So the nafkimina was, in Natsicha, was regarding the oil that was, the, 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 the olives that were going to be used to create the oil for the menorah. So the Ibn Ezra said that the olives themselves had to be the best quality olive. So, it had, so he says, shemen zayizach, that the, the shemen zayizach, that the zayis izach, that the zeitz itself, the olive itself, has to be a pure, beautiful olive. Well, Rashi holds no, shem and zeitzach means that the shem needs to be pure. Because according to Rashi, it doesn't matter that the, what the olive looked like, it matters what the final product is going to be like. So regardless if the olive looks beautiful or looks a bit damaged, that doesn't make a difference to the quality of the oil. So according to Rashi, that what matters is really just the final product. So therefore, the oil just had to be zach, but how you got to that final product, it doesn't really matter. Masha'ikin, the Ibn Ezra actually did make a difference how you got there. Therefore, it had to be that all of themselves were pure, that the chandis also had to be kolchei lasha. So according to this, Rashi's telling us over here, it can't mean just that the way that they gave, they gave it, it was a semer shabachai. Because even if the, the, the product that they're giving if there's no added advantage to this product, that the yarn that came from a goat, while, it, uh, while it's the yarn that came or spun while it was still on the goat's back, has no advantage practically than a yarn which should be made when it was off the goat's back, then Rashi says there is no chachma, there's no advantage over here. It's both the same thing. We're talking about the achanas. We're trying to make these taparefas. We're trying to make or here I should say, we're trying to make the Urias, the Urias of Izim. So the Urias Izim, is there a difference 
if it came while it's on the, the back of the goat, or is there, is there no difference? If the pile there's no difference, then according to Rashi, that's not an Indian of Kochel of Hashem. This is just an Achana. According to Ezra, that would be considered a Maila, but not according to Rashi. Therefore, Rashi has to tell us that it was an Umnis Sitzera, that the final product itself is going to be better. So since the final product itself would be better, therefore it would be included in this Indian of Kochel of Hashem. So that could be a second reason, maybe what the Hachrach of Rashi is, to tell us it's an Umnis Sitzera, because it had to be a practical type of difference. One other Ha'ara, and this was discussed on the uh, WhatsApp chat of the project Kutisichas, one of the questions that were asked is that according to how the Rebbe is explaining this Rashi, the Chiddush of Rashi is, is just in the words, he hoisa umnes, that this was a special type of craft, meaning is that it made a, it was, the product itself had, it was a higher quality product. But this fact that they were Teveya, the Teveya Ma'al Gabeya Izin, this that they spun it from the Al Gabeya Izin, that even a, that is moving Ma'atzmai. That's understood from the Psukim itself. Just by reading the Psukim itself, you could understand that was Tavrus Izin means Ma'al Gabeya Izin Atzmai. So, Oibazoi, why does Rashi add that? All Rashi should have said is, and that's it. The other part that they're Teveya Ma'al Gabeya Izin, that's understood on its own. So, why does Rashi have to bother telling it to us? So the Ulayeshleim, our possible explanation, is that one of the Kalalei Harashi, and this I, I saw in the Kalalei Harashi, uh, the Sefer Kalalei Harashi, is that Rashi writes in a Eifenbar, in a clear way. And if there's a situation where you, could be, you can make a mistake about what the intention of Rashi is, Rashi will write it, add words, to, to make it clear exactly what his intention is. So Ulayeshleim, the Rashi added those words to be very clear what his intention was, that the Umni Sitzer was this union of being Tevea Malgabe Ha'izin. And to explain, if you look at Ha'ara 41, the Rebbe tells us, um, the Rebbe says, sorry, not 41, I apologize, Ha'ara 27. To Ha'ara 27, the Rebbe tells us that maybe he says he gives us another pshat why the pasuk differentiates between semer, which is in a pasuk, uh, the tviyat semer, which is a pasuk hafei, and the tviyat seizim, which is a pasuk hafav. So we already gave the our pshat, which is moving ma'atzmai that the ben chamish the mikshul would understand that it is pasuk hafav is talking about the tviyat seizim algabe, tviyat the 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 algabe seizim. But in Pasuk in Ha'ar 27, the Rebbe says, that it'll be a deichot to say that this, that it's written on its own, is because Seiris Izim Bechalal is much harder than Tfiyat Semer Kvasim. And therefore, it needs a umnis Bechach Miyasera, Lefisha Sa'ar Shal Izim Dakim Yosef Akashim. That the Beforshim bring down, he brings from the Major Shagadol, the Avram Ben Aramban, the Rabag, the Chablula, Ibn Ezra, they write that in general, the craft of of tviyas izim is harder than tviyas semer because tviyas izim the, the hairs are very thin and they're also very hard so therefore because of the thinness of them and also because of the hardness it's hard to it's much more difficult to be able to do tviyas so Ibazai, maybe you can answer that what was the chachma yasera or the um yasera uh in, between between Pasuk Chavav and Chavav, is that because Pasuk Chavav, 
the umnisitzer was that these women had a greater, they had a greater inspiration of wisdom that not only did they know how to spin wool from a kevas, they even know how to spin the noitza from the um, from the izin. So in order to be shoilo such a pshat, because as we said, it's a teichik, so in order to be shoilo that pshat, Rashi tells us clearly that what was the umnisitzer, the umnisitzer was that they were that 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 they should tovu mi al gabiyizim that they did the tviyam al gabiyizim to be shoylo such a pshat because so, if Rashi would have only written the words that he umnisitzera we could have understand maybe what what's Rashi trying to tell us Rashi trying to tell us why are these two psukim why the two psukim about this why did one pasuk about semer the other one about izim the reasoning is Rashi tells us he umnisitzera that tviyas izim is a umnisitzera it's, it's a, a greater type of craftsmanship is needed. And why is it a greater type of craftsmanship? Because, as you said, because the Cyrus of the Izim are docking the Yosef Akashim. So that's what we could have thought if Rashi just wrote those words. Therefore, in order to be Shoilo such a Pshat, and they would be clear what his Kavan is, Rashi adds that the Umni Sisera was docked that they were Tevea Ma'al Gabe Izim. And then we also understand, like he says, he, by the, lo- the, the order that Rashi writes it, like why doesn't Rashi put that, those words first? Meaning, I, I'm just thinking of this right now. So, that there could be, you could think, you can make such a mistake. Why doesn't Rashi first explain what the words mean? So two points, two reasons. First of all, because the main chiddush of Rashi is in the words he omnisisera. Because as he said, a ben chamish the mikra, when he's learning it, he understands that this other pshat is a deichek, and the real pshat would be that it's coming from the that you're weaving it while it's on the on the izim itself. That's a because the other pshat is a deichek. So therefore, he first puts his main chiddush omnisisera. But as a side point, to, make, to clarify it, he puts that, this second expression there. And maybe you could say even more than that, Uli Yeshleimar, that Rashi's worried that it's because of his, um, because of his comment, the Ben Chomish can make a mistake. Meaning that if Rashi wouldn't have said anything on our Pasik, the Ben Chomish would understand, oh, the, the, the Chachmi Yasera was that they're Tuvel Gabe Izim. But now that Rashi adds that it wasn't just a chachma, it was in of umnisisera. So if he learns Rashi properly, fantastic. But if he learns it incorrectly, because Rashi only wor- has the word he umnisisera, then Chamesh Namikur see the word he umnisisera, and he could think that maybe Rashi is giving a different shot. The Rashi is telling us that it's not that it was al gabeizim. That wasn't the umnisisera that he did al gabeizim. Rashi is trying to tell us that that's the wrong shot. Although the real shot is it was to uh, that. That the Bechlal, the Inyan of Malachas, Tviyas Izim is a harder type of Malacha, and therefore there's, a, there's another possible. So to be Shoilo, such a Pshat, Rashi has to say clearly that the, the, the Umnis Yisair was that you're Tveyat Al Gabe uh, Izim. I just want to do an R28 with you. Yeah, we mentioned in the Shir that regarding the Tviyat Al Gabe Izim, there's two ways of understanding what the Nadava was. One way was that they gave the Tviyah while it was still attached to the A's. The second option was that they were Tveyah Gabe A's and they cut it off and they gave that which was cut off to the, the Mishka, but it was fresh. It was as soon as they finished doing the Tviyah and cutting it, they, they gave it over to the Mishka. So the Rebbe points out in R28 that this is actually a Machlikas Rishayim. In the Gemara, as, which we mentioned earlier in Shabbos Dalit, there's Machlekes Amaraim. If you're Chayiv, if you're Teveya Agabe Habehema, Agabe Kebes. 
So the first opinion is that you're going to be chayev for three malachas. You're going to be chayev because you're combing. You're going to be chayev because you're, you're also weaving. And you're also going to be chayev because you're shearing the wool. The second opinion says you're pata because that's not the, not the derech. So the pashtus, this is the way how the rush learns, and he says this is also the pashtus of the Gemara, is that the pshat over here is that by doing the tefiyah, it says teveh gabe hakeves, you're going to be high because of these three things. The only only thing what you're actually doing is the tefiyah. But by doing tefiyah, three things happen at the same time. A, you're being teveh. By being teveh, you're automatically also carding the, the fleece. And third of all, by carding it, this is, and by, uh, it automatically also you're going to cause it to have a because the wool is going to come off. So according to the Rosh, this is the reason why you're going to be high three times according to that opinion. Because when you do the tefiyah, all three malachas will happen simultaneously. The opinion that says your pater, he says, ain't darker b'kach. Why is it not the derech b'kach? Tefiyah, obviously, because you don't usually do tefiyah or carding, niputz, on the behimel itself. And he says, what about gziza? Gziza, of course, is always on the behimel, so why wouldn't that be the derech? So the rush explains is because usually gziza is done with a kli. And over here it's being done biyat, because you're spinning the hair, or spinning the wool, and by spinning it, it's causing it to come out. So the spinning is done with your hand. It's not doing, it's not being, you're not using the shearing uh, scissors to cut it off. Therefore, it's not the derech But we're seeing, according to the rush, what actually happened was, that they gave it when it was already cut off. Because by doing the tviya, that automatic during the tviya, that would have caused it to have a gziza. So that's one approach, which is the rush. It also says the Rebbein Chanano has it. Um, the second approach is that they, the, the fleece still stays on the back of the, of the, uh, of the behemoth. And what the Gemara means is that they did three different malachas, that by doing tviya, it means is you're doing the tviya, you're doing the niputz, and you're also going to be doing the gziza afterwards. Uh, and you'd be chayev, according to one opinion, three times. The other opinion that says your pater is because when you do the tviya first, A, the tviya, that's not the derech, because you don't do tviya on top of the hema. The niputz and the gziza is not the derech, because usually when you do the niputz and the gziza, that's going to be after, that's going to be before the tviya. So usually do niputz, Gziza and then Tviya, by doing the Tviya first, that automatically makes the Niputz and the Gziza in Darke Barach, and therefore you'd also be part of those two other Malachas, which you're going to be doing afterwards. So you're doing three Malachas, but you're going to be part because all three of them with, with the Shinai. Uh, the the, the Gra learns a little bit different. He says the reason why you're part for Gziza, he says because when he learns like this, that as soon as you do Tviya, that causes the hair to stop growing. So when you're doing tviya, that will cause the hair to stop growing. So therefore, since that hair, which is you did the tviya, is considered uh, as as if it's already cut off from the animal, because that hair can't grow anymore. That that, that part of it, at least it's not makabel anymore, chayas anymore, nurture from the behema. Since it doesn't get that nurture anymore, it's considered as if it's cut off. But that's not the regular way of cutting it off. Therefore, it's considered ain dark of the katsu. There would be an interesting nafkemina between these two afanim of learning. The Gemara. According to the Rush, the reason why your pater for the tviyas, for the gziza satsemer, is because it's biyat. Because since the gziza happens when you do the tviya, it's papel comes out that's gziza biyad, and gziza biyad your pater. Mashaikin, according to the other opinion, you're taka using a kli. But the reason why your pater is because 
because you did the tefiyah first. Right? So since you did the tefiyah first and then you're doing ziza, which is not the regular way, therefore you're going to be potter. So not interesting enough to me would be is, what happens if the animal's dead? So if the animal's dead, then it is the derech to take off the wool with your hands. The reason why they don't usually rip it off with the hands is because it's painful for the animal, so they use the, the, the scissors. But if the animal's dead, then it was, at least you had that option of also using your hands. So according to the rush, the reasoning why if when you do the tviya first, you're putted by the gziza, is only because the gziza is being done bayat. But if the animal's dead, then it's the derech to do bayat. So if you do the tviya first, the animal dies, and then you do the tviya, which as we said, automatically causes the gziza according to the rush, you would actually hive twice for the, uh, sorry, you'd be putter mitzad the tviya, because that's not the derech, but you'd be hive mitzad the gziza. Masha'enkin, according to the other opinion, that says the reasoning why you're putter is because it's not the derech to do gziza after, um, it's not the derech to do gziza after the uh, tviya. According to that way of learning, you would actually, uh, would still be patr, because it's still not, not the derech bekach. So what's the opinion of the Rambam? So in the Mepharshim, the Rebbe brings down, there's different ways of learning it, but the way how the Rebbe learns the papayal, he says the way you should learn it is the Rambam, the Meduch and the Lashon of the Rambam in Hilcha Shabbos Perchi, he says a tevitz a tzemer nechai, the tzemer that uh, spins the tzemer from a live animal. Your potter she ain't derech ziza b'kach, ain't derech nipa b'kach, ve ain't derech tviya b'kach. The Rambam uses the expression at tzemer minachai. The lashon of the Gemara was had tviya tzemer minhakevus. The Rambam changes it to tell you that it's minhakai. Why is it telling you that it's from a live animal? Because he's trying to he's being medayik that he's holding like the rush. That when are you going to be potter? When you are tviya first. That's only if, if the animal's alive. But if the animal would have been dead, then you'd only be pater for tevia and nipos. But you would be chayev mitzad the inyan of geziza. So that's how the Rebbe learns the, uh, the Rambam and also other achrenim learn it based on that particular diak. Second part of the shir, we're going to be doing that second Rashi of Parshish Bukudai. This is in Perak Lamachas, Pasuk Chavbez. I'm going to see that these two Rashis are going to be very much connected. So Rashi over there tells us that by Bitzal it says that he did So he explains, it doesn't say that whatever but rather it says whatever Hashem commanded Moshe because there were certain things that he figured out on his own. That meaning Moshe didn't tell him but he was able to have what Hashem wanted. Because when Moshe gave over the command to Bitzal it was to first make the Kalim and afterwards the Bishkan as we see in Parshish Truma. But the way how Bitzal made it, he first made the Mishkan, and then he made the Kalim. And his logic was, first you make the home, so similarly, you put the Kalim, and then you put the Kalim inside of it. So therefore, when he built it, he first built the Mishkan, and then he built the Kalim. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, he agreed, he says, actually, that's what Hashem told me. The Shaila is, that since we're going according to what the Minigha Elam is, why was it that when we read in Parshas Vayakob Kudei, the Uriois were actually made before the crushing. So if you look in Parshas Teshruma, if you look also in Parshas Vayakob Kudei, we'll also we see that what was made first was the Uriois, and then only afterwards the crushing were made. But why? If we're going to go according to what the Minigal Elam is, first you make the walls, which that would have been the crushing, and only afterwards you would have made the reason, which is the God, which, went, which would have went on top of it. So the Rebbe gives a few different explanations 
R13, 14, and also in Sifbase. But we're going to jump right to the main answer because it's already a bit late. The explanation based on what we said earlier is that since these, the, Anush, the woman, with their great wisdom and their umnus tisera, they weaved and they, they spun the hair while it was still on the goats because of the added myla which was in it, as we explained in the extra level of craft, craftsmanship. Therefore, when they came to give the, the material, it needed to be used right away because that was when it was the highest quality. So as soon as, since they were, the woman obviously had a, had a chavivos and had a zrizos. So as soon as the command went out to bring all the nadavas to the Mishkan, so the woman would have right away done, done the tviya and brought it, the tviya to Moshe Rabbein and, and, and to, uh, to Betzala. So as soon as they would have gotten this, this tviya, this, this, the tviya's izim, you want to make the, you would want, they, they would cut it off and they would make the ureus with it because that would have been the highest level of quality is that as soon as you would have cut it off the izim, or according to the other opinion that it was already cut off, you would want to start already doing the spin and you would want to already start doing the ariga with it. So therefore, as soon as they got it, they made the ureus izim and they didn't wait till afterwards. So even though many ha'elun is that they should have first built the crush and then only afterwards made the Uriyazism, but because they wanted to make the Uriyazism while it was still fresh, therefore they made it first. And the Rebbe points out our R40 that L'chaira, in the Pasuk, it says that they first made the Uriyaz Tachtainis, which is called the Mishkain, which was actually made out of the Tzemer, and only afterwards they made the Uriyazism. And he says the Pasuk, the reasoning is because the Pasuk says clearly that this was an oil al-ha-mishkan. refer to oil al-ha-mishkan. That the purpose of the Uriyazism, which is called the oil, was to put on top of the Mishkan. Therefore, since the Pasuk was saying that it's something which comes because of the Mishkan, therefore, the oil was, had to be made second. Um, it doesn't really explain why, but the, I guess the idea is because its whole purpose was for the Mishkan. So you first need to have the Mishkan, then it, in a sense, has its purpose of what it's for, which was to cover uh, that Mishkan. Uh, he also gives a, a, another possible answer. He says maybe they made it at the same time, that they made the Uriyazism, and they would have made the Mishkan, which again, which, which would have been the Uriyaz of Tachtanis, was called the Mishkan, maybe they made it at the same time. But he says once you come to that type of shot, that maybe they made both of them at the same time, you could also say that they made the Krushan and then moved them everything else at the same time. But Bapel, from the Sukkim, it doesn't, it's not Mashma that way. It's Mashma that they made things, of course, in a different order. As you saw in our Rashi Tzapa, first they made the Mishkan and then they made the Kalev. There's Mashma that there were stages of when they made uh, different items in the Mishkan. So now let's jump into the Inyanim of of Rashi. So to give some background to this discussion, there's a very interesting Rambam in Hilchus Beis Bechira, the first parak, Halacha Yudbeis. The Rambam tells us that Ein Boinim Esimidosh Balayla Shnemer Uvi Yoyim Hakim Esimishkan, which means Bayoyim Hakim Balay Balayla. So you only allowed to build the Mishkan Balayla, and it also then he writes Akol Chayavam Livnois Vasai Ba'atzma Boinim that everybody is hired to build and to help on their own and with their money. Anashim Vinashim BeMikdash Hamidbar that women and women men and women in the Mikdash which was in the in the Midbar, just like the Beniyas Hamishkan which was in the Midbar. So all the Achreinim and the Forshim ask, where exactly does the Rambam get this idea that the woman will be chayev in the Binyan of the Mishkan, the Binyan of the Mikdash? 
L'chayra, he wrote at the beginning of the Lacha that ain't boininus a mishkan and a mikdash balayla. That means it's a mitzvah to say shazman grama. And we know that women are potter from all mitzvah to say shazman grama, except for two, which tells us in the Mitzvah's Kedushan, which, which is hakil and matzah. So I would say they're potter from this particular mitzvah. So how can Rambam, at the end of the Salah, where he himself says it's a mitzvah to say shazman grama, tell us that they're chayr? It, it doesn't seem to make sense. So there's different uh, explanations which are given. The Har Maria tells us that that the Enifinami they were potter from building it, but there was a chiv to give money to help. Um, so they, had, they so they didn't have obligation to build because the building was a chiv which is had as mangroma. You couldn't build at night, but to bring to help with the money and bringing things and donating things that didn't have any particular time period. So therefore, they would have been high for that. Another answer which was given is that since the Torah says clearly in this week's parsha that the women were Tveya the Izim and they brought these items, so clearly the Torah says the Torah says clearly that they were allowed to bring it. This is the Kesef Mishnah says there's a Kolhar Pasuk that the women were involved with the Malachas Samishkan. That's the source of the Raman because the Pasuk says it clearly. So so therefore, even though regularly speaking, you're right, they're not Bukhuyiv and Mitzvah Sasha's Magrama, but over here, since the Torah says it, uh, they would be. I saw another pshat. Um, this pshat is that when do we say that women are potter? That's only by mitzvah say, which has a time period to it, and then it's then it's nizbatel. For example, let's say krishma. So krishma is supposed to be done in the morning until the end of the third hour. So once you pass that period of time, it's nizbatel, and I comes back that evening or the next day. That's a new mitzvah. So any mitzvah that has a time period, and then it's this battle, there's a hetzik, and it, it, during that hetzik's man, it's this battle, then they're not mechuyivin. But over here, it's a mitzvah that doesn't have a hetzik, meaning is you can't, we always have a mitzvah to build the, the binyan base mikdash. At the nighttime, you can't fulfill that mitzvah. But when it comes the next day, it's not the pshat, there's a new mitzvah of building the base of mikdash. Yesterday we had one mitzvah, and here's another mitzvah. No, it's the same mitzvah that was around yesterday is around today. There, there's a mitzvah to have a base of mikdash. I, I think the Klichanda says this, Pshat, actually. So there's a constant mitzvah to have a binyan base of mikdash. The only thing is that there's certain zmanim that you're not actually able to actualize it. But it's not this bat of the mitzvah. It's only a hefsek that you're unable to do it. So he wants to be machalik. Then when do we say mitzvah, that women are, are part of mitzvah cessation as man grama? That's only that when there is a hefzik is also mavatl mitzvah. That after this period of time, there is no more mitzvah. And tomorrow will be a different mitzvah. But if it's the same mitzvah, just that there's certain periods of time that you can't do it, then you would be fine. Another shot which is given is that there's a, 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 a famous Rebbeinu Tam. So Rebbeinu Tam tells us that the, the, Gemara, the Gemara, I should say, says, that we know that it says, it says that by tefillin, women are not allowed to write tefillin. The reasoning is, because since it says in the Pasuk, so that Gemara learns out that whoever's in the mitzvah, could be part of the mitzvah. So you need, to, you need to be able to have the mitzvah in order to have the mitzvah of writing it. So therefore, they're not allowed to write the tefillin who are done for mezuzahs and sifrei tairah. So the Ramba, the, the, the Rabbeinu Tam writes and tells us, this is in Shavuot, he says, Hu Adin, 
by Lulav and Esri, that you're supposed to be Oigid, the, the, the Dalad Minim, at least the Dimid So since she doesn't have that mitzvah of, uh, of, uh, of shaking it, whoever's not in the mitzvah of shaking of Nantila also is not in the mitzvah of Oigid. And he gave one other example, which I forgot offhand, I'm sorry. But either way, the point is that we're seeing that according to the Rabbeinu Tam, that in order to be high in a mitzvah, you need to be able to do it yourself. So they say like this, L'chayru the Rambam holds like Rabbeinu Tam, that in order to be able to make the mitzvah, it, it needs to be that you're mechuyiv in that mitzvah. And I remember the other example, it was tzitzis. That he wants to say that a woman is not allowed to make the tzitzis since she doesn't, since she's not mechuyiv in the levisha, she can't be the one who's doing the asiyah. Um, so they want to say that huadin l'chayra, the Rambam holds like the Rabbeinu Tam, and we can say the same thing by the base of Mikdash. That since we see in the Torah that the women were involved in the Malachas and Mishkan, so from this that we see that they were involved in the Malachas and Mishkan because they made the Rizim, so kumtachais, or at least they did the Tviya, so kumtachais, that if they're able to do the Tviya, it must mean that they're mechuyiv, that they had a chiv, to, to be built it. Because if they didn't have a chiv, they wouldn't have been able to be involved in the Malachas HaMishka. So this that they were involved in the Malachas HaMishka is a raya that they obviously also had a chiv. So that's what they want to say according to the Rebbeinu Tan. But then we have a Ragachar who gives a, a very interesting shot. And uh, this may be one possible issue with these other, well, at least with some of these other answers is that the Gemara in Kedushin tells us that there's only two mitzvahs of Seisha as my grandma that women are Fatah from, which was Matzah and Hakim. According to these, uh, some of these others' explanations, it's still not so clear. Okay, the Pasuk says it's a hedge of so, but why doesn't the Gemara tell us that this is another example of a mitzvah cessation Zman Groma? Or if, even if you're going to say that since the Torah, since we see in the Torah that they that they built, obviously that is a chiv. But you're not answering that if you have a chiv, why doesn't the Gemara tradition tell us that there was another uh, mitzvah, which is a mitzvah to Shesman Grama, and if you learn the Mark Kedushin, you see it would be re- very relevant to know that there was another one, because they're trying to figure out Binyanav, etc. over there. So why wouldn't it mention it? But the Raka Chavik is a, a beautiful pshat, and according to this pshat, you have a, a whole different vision of, of what the Ramam is trying to tell us. And again, okay, so the question is, according to the Rambam, L'chaira since women, it's a mitzvah cessation is mangrama, then how could they be chayev to be building the mishka? Or in our sikha, the Rebbe asked the question is, how could they have been involved? He's asking the other way, how could they have been involved in making the uriyos if they are, it's a mitzvah cessation is mangrama, and according to the Rebbeinu Tam, in order to be involved, you actually need to have a chayev. So the fi Rebbeinu Tam, how could they, how could they have been involved? So we were using earlier in a sense of the answer from this itself that they were mechoyev obviously this itself that they were involved shows that they were mechoyev but the question is really the other way around since we know it's a mitzvah and we know that they're a potter so since they're a potter how were they allowed to be involved in building the mishkan so the Rav tells us that there's actually two chuyuvim in the building of the Beis HaMikdash there's one mitzvah, one here, which is, is the mitzvah itself of building a base of Mikdash for Hashem. Right? Mitzvah to say, last is by Hashem, Mukhal Yisma Kriven by Karbanas, Hoyim Lash Kolish Bam Shalash, also the Mikdash. So there is a mitzvah to say to have a Mikdash. 
And since it's a mitzvah to say shizman grama, taka women are potter. But then there's another Indian of Esamidus, which is Muhanlias Makrivay Kabanis, that you need a bias in order to have Kurbanis. And since Nashim are hive in Kurbanis, there are many Kurbanis that they uh, need to bring. So therefore, they might not be Mukhuyev in the Mitzvah Mitzvah's essay to build it, but Papayo Mitzvah the Indian of Kurbanis, therefore, they would, uh, uh, by, by default, they would also have to ha- build the Mishkan and the Beis Amikdash in order that they be able to be Mach of Kurbanis. So they do have a Chiv to build the Beis Amikdash. They have a Chiv to build the Beis Amikdash as a Heksher for the Indian of Kurbanis. So Mitzvah the Chiv that they have Kurbanis, therefore, they do have an obligation to, um, to, 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 the, to build the, uh, to build the uh, Beis Amikdash. So obviously, this would be the source of the Ramah. That since women are chayev to have karbanis, therefore, even though it's mitzvah cessation as a non-gramas, that they're not mechuyev directly to build the mikdash, but since they have to have karbanis, therefore, they are mechuyev to help and be involved in building the mikdash. So Ibezoi, now we can go back to our parsha. So we see in this week's, in our parsha, the Rabbi Trevor tells us that we have Pasuk Chafei and Pasuk Chavah. Pasuk Chafei tells us that by the tzemer, the woman were to the tzemer and gave it to, um, you know, gave it to my Shadainu, Mashaink and by the Izin, they were Tavia Mial Gabiha Izin. Why? Halakhically, what was the reasoning for this? So the Raghav Shabbos explains beautifully. He says, by the Sem, we know that the, since the woman have to bring Karbanis, so whatever is Ma'akiv, the, the, the bringing of a carbon, they would be Mukhuyiv to build. So they're not mechuyiv to have like every there's many lishkais let's say inside the base of English. They wouldn't have been chayiv to help with those things because it's not ma'akiv the karbanis. So whatever is not ma'akiv the carbon, they are not mechuyiv to bring. But things which would have been ma'akiv the karbanis, they would be mechayiv to bring. The rugged ever goes through a list, uh, shock the tire back and forth which things is ma'akiv the karbanis. You can look at the rugged ever. But you know one of the things that I think he mentions is big day kahuna, something which would be ma'akiv. He gets into the discussion of the kiyar. So there are different kalim and things that would be ma'akiv that you can't bring a carbon unless these things are there. Obviously, the mizbeach would be ma'akiv. But and one of the other things he brings is is that it tells us in Mar Nivamis that if you don't have, or is bachim, uh, is if you need to have a roof. So if you don't have a roof, then you can't be able to be ma'akiv uh, certain karbanis, especially the karbanis which are inside of the heichal, which of course they also have the chiyah for. So that's the chiyah in all Klal Yisrael to have to, you know the kapiris and the menorah. Um, so if there's if you don't have a roof, then you're not able to be makir those karbanas. So he says, look at so, so based on that, in this week's parsha, it says the woman made the tzemer, they made it directly, they cut it off, the, they cut it off, and they made they did the malach of tviya. So they actually made that fleece. How could they make it? it's a malacha, they're not The answer is they were mechuyev in it because since you need to make a mishkan and the mishkan needs to have mechitzas and the the gag. So the Iker Mechitzis and the God would have been the the Uriah Satach which are called the Mishkan. So therefore they were Mechuyub to make those Uriahs, and therefore they would have been able to make them directly and, and properly give them to Meishrevin. But Masha'enkin, he says, the Uriah Sizim, that was the second oil. That was the oil which was on the Mishkan. That wouldn't have been Ma'akiv. Because you already had the Uriah the, the, the would have been the main oil, so that would have made it kosher. As we know, he says, he brings the Lach that even if the, the, the flaps of the Uriah Sizim go upwards, it wouldn't tassel the Mishkan, as long as you had the bottom one still there. So the bottom one is Ma'akiv, but the top one would have been Ma'akiv. So therefore, since the, the oil is not Ma'akiv, the, the woman wouldn't have been Ma'akiv to make the, the, the oil, the Uriah's Izin. 
that would have been a chiyuv which is on them, because that's not ma'ak of the karbanas. So the only ones that would have had the chiyuv would have been the men, because the men have a chiyuv to build the mishkan, and that was, of course, a integral part of building the mishkan was that urias isn. So the men have the obligation, mashiach and the women. So therefore, what did the women do? They didn't uh, cut it and do it the proper way. They did it in a way which was not going to be considered a malacha. Right, as we said, the Allah is like Rav Kahana, that this is Eindech Tviya Bekach, Eindech Nipus Bekach, Eindech Tviya Bekach. This is not the way. And therefore, he says, when the Gemara tells us that their Chachma Yaser Shaini, the Rav Kahana has a higher way of learning those words, Chachma Yaser Shaini, that we know that in Malacha Shabbos, we have sometimes something which is called a Malacha and something which is called a Chachma. It says that, uh, let's say, Tekiya Shafer. He says it's not a malacha, that's called a chachma. So I think it's asmid the Rabbanan as a shlus. The midaraisa, it's not considered a malacha, it's considered a chachma. So he says over here, it says also, it's a chachma yaser shiny. What the Gemara is trying to tell us that according to Rav Kahana, the reason why uh, by the Mishkan, even though they did these things by the Mishkan, it wasn't considered a malacha, because it was, it was an in of chachma. It was in of a chachma, but not actually a malacha. Malacha would have been doing tviya, gziza, all these things in the regular way. Not if it's done in an irregular way, that's not considered a. a, a a, a malacha would have been considered a chachma, and therefore that's how the women got, got, got around it. So they wanted to be involved. So what did they do? They basically did as much as they could, except for the actual, to the, uh, actual uh, a, a, anything which would have been considered a malacha. So the way how they did it would have been considered a chachma, as they said, not an actual malacha. So when they gave it over, uh, it would have been okay. So the Rebbe points out that according to Rashi, we can see in Yonam applying the Rashi, that the way how Rashi learns uh, the Psukim, this is in Parsha Tukudah, it says, V'yifreis ha'oyol al ha'mishkan. So what does that mean, V'yifreis ha'oyol al ha'mishkan? So Rashi learns that the Mishkan is the Uriah's Tachtainis, is the bottom layer. And then they spread the oil, which was the Uriah's Ezim, on top of it. But if you look at the Gemara, in, in Shabbos Tachachas, the Gemara learns it differently. The Gemara, and based on Taisvis, uh, it says, V'yifreis ha'oyol al ha'mishkan, um, the oil, Taisa says, means the real tachtainis, and the mishkan means the structure, I guess it would mean the crushing. Uh, and Taisa explains why would the Gemara learn it that way. It's because in the previous Pasek, it tells us that they built the mishkan, it says they put up the amudim and the krashim, and then it continues with yifur to oil ala mishkan, but never actually said that they put the mishkan, the, the real tachtainis on. Like it never mentioned anything about the real tachtainis. It says the amudim, the krashim, and then it goes to the oil ala mishkan. Therefore, he says that the way how the Gemara is understanding refer to oil Allah Mishkan, that the oil of your means the Uriah's Tachtainis, which would have been halakhically considered a tent. So when we say oil, it doesn't mean the Uriah's, which had the name, which is called oil, uh, oil. Rather, it means literally an oil, that the Uriah's Tachtainis, which would have been an oil of Mishkan, that uh, went on top of the, the Mishkan, which would have been the, the main structure. Bashainkain Rashi, as we said, he learns Ikachute that when it says oil, it means the Uriah's which were called the oil, which would have been the Uriah's Ezim. So for Yifur to Ola Mishkan means that they, when they put the Uriah's Ezim on top of the Mishkan, which would have been the Samar, uh, that's part of the, the building process. So what's the Nafkmina? So the Nafkmina is that the Ravachavar is, of course, learning about their Halacha, their Hagmara. So therefore, what is considered the oil? What's considered, what was the, what was the Mishkan? Yifur to Ola Mishkan, what's considered the Mishkan itself? Bifrit, what was considered the oil ala mishkan? The oil itself would have been, the halachic oil would have just been the Uriah's Tachtainis, and that's why that could have been built by Nashim, because it would have been the Akiva Karbain. Mashenkin, the higher, the, the Uriah's Izim, which were the Uriah's Samtsois, 
would have been uh, has to be done by men. It says refer to oil on the Mishkan. That means what is called the oil, the the Urizim itself is part of the oil. And as, uh, the rubber points out Tahara that the it says Rashi points out many many times that the way how he describes the Urizim, he says it was made for Lagad Allah Mishkan. He keeps on saying that it's made for a God Allah Mishkan. And when he describes the 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 the, the lower layer, the Urizatahdainis, he calls them the, the, the Mishkan, which was made for the Mechitzes. That the Mishkan, that the, that the Mishkan, the lower layer, those were for the Mechitzes. Also, for, I guess, for the God, but it's also considered for the Mechitzes. Because it seems like, according to Rashi, the Krushim were not an essential part. They were essential in that they held up the Ureas. So the Ureas were really the wall, and the oil would have been the tent which goes over the Mishkan. So the Uriah Satachtainis is the Mishkan itself. And then you need the oil which went over the Mishkan. So all of that would have been considered an integral part of the Mishkan. They all would have been considered a part of the oil. And therefore that also would have been an Akiv. Therefore, since it would have been an Akiv, the Karbanis, therefore Nashim will also be allowed to be involved in making it. Therefore, according to Rashi, that's a reason why he says it's an Umnis Yisera. Rashi's Medak, that wasn't a Chachma Yisera. Like, as the Rugger Shavu was saying, means it's not a malacha. He's saying, no, it's an umnus. It's an actual work. It's a type of profession. It's an actual malacha. That they were able to do this umnus They're able to do a malacha of building uh, this, this mishkan and these uriahs. And based on that, um, Rashi could be learning, learning like the opinion of the Gemara, not like Rav Kahana, but like according to the other opinion of the Gemara, that Apipshuti Shemikra, since the women were involved in making the Uriah's Izim, like similar to the Ramam, that Lechayr shows that they were Mechuyim in it. From this itself, that they were building it and being involved in it, shows that they would have been Chayiv in the mitzvah of building the Mishkan and, and helping with the Binyan. Uh, and Apip, Derech of the Rabbachav and the Rambam. And therefore, it makes sense that if the woman were, whatever the woman did, that would be considered a malacha. Meaning as we know that what's considered malacha on Shabbos, it's how the Mishkan was made. So from the very fact that this is how the women were making the Mishkan, they did it with this particular way of using, uh, being teveya ma'al gabeya izin. So since they're being teveya al gabeya izin, that should be considered a malacha because that's how they did it. So according to the other, Rav Kahana, we want to say it's not considered, it was a Chachma Yisera, we have to learn Chachma Yisera means, that it was like, it's out of the ordinary, most people can't do such a thing, that's not how regular people do it. But Masha Enkin, according to how we're learning it now, according to Rashi, we can say, no, from the very fact that that's how they did it, and they did it, they were Tevim al Gabeizim, that means it is an Umnus, and that would be considered Malacha. So therefore Rashi, actually doesn't, you don't need to say that Rashi holds like Rav Kahana, you actually hold even according to the other opinion uh, of the Gemara, which is not how Sefer Zakar learns it, uh, but that would be another interesting idea. And just one last diak, uh, the Rebbe brings in Ara 28, I should have mentioned earlier, that there's a difference of Girsois and Rashi. One Rashi says Shema'al Gabi Izim, the other says Tevia She'al. One says Shema'al, the other says She'al. What's the difference if you say that they're Tevia, that Shema'al Gabi Izim? He says the difference would be to via shema al gabeizim would be mashma like this opinion of the rush that we brought earlier. That it was a tviya that came off of the izim. That while they're doing the tviya shema al, that it would come off 
from the Izin. So the Tviya itself caused the Gziza. Well, according to the second gear, so which is Tviya She'al Gabi Izin, that the Tviya was on the Izin itself, not that which came from the top of the Izin, but it was a Tviya on top, while it was on top of the Gziza. That would have been like the second opinion that the, that the Tviya would have still stayed on the actual animal itself, which, uh, and, and then they gave the animal while the Tviya was still on it, which of course would have had that extra Maila of being a, of a, a Tzamech Shabachai, actually part of the Chai.